welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. Just imagine a single mum with a three-year-old then deciding to become a foster carer. Incredible, right? Well, that's exactly what my guest today did. Fast forward 20 years and 21 foster children later, and she's now embarked on a new adventure and set up Guardian Angel Childcare. Giving every child in her care a happy childhood is something that she's always been passionate about. So I'm keen to find out more about this incredible and big-hearted lady. Please welcome founder of Guardian Angel Childcare, Simone Cowley. People who foster or adopt children have always had a special place in my heart. They are positively changing the world one soul at a time. You're actually doing that. You touch someone's life and you don't know in what way that person then goes to touch other lives. And like the branches of a tree, you just have all this amazing stuff happening in the world from a seed that you sowed. Tell me a little bit more about why you became a foster carer and when. I was single. I had a three-year-old daughter and someone said to me, why don't you as you're at home with your daughter, why don't you foster? You could have another little child and they could keep each other company. And at the same time, you'd be doing something amazing. And I thought about it and I thought, yes, I could do that. I could do that. And it it just went from there. And that was the start of 20 years of fostering. Wow. And 21 different children. Wow. Some were single children, some were sets of siblings, and I had them for varying amounts of time. You started this as a single parent. I did. Oh my God. People are usually talking about how they can't cope as a single parent, but you actually didn't even look at any of that. (laughs) You then went to make a difference in another little child's life. Yeah, lots of little children. That's amazing. Yeah, they varied from 10 months old to... 14 years old. Do you still foster now? I stopped um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Although it was one of the best things I've ever done, it's rewarding, very rewarding. It's challenging. It's happy. It's sad. And when I fostered, I think I went through every emotion imaginable, but it, it was worth it. It was a- absolutely worth it. But after 20 years, I felt that I'd given all that I could give. Um, I think I did an amazing job. I'm proud that I've done it. And I just thought that's that's it for me. That's it. I still wanted to do something with children because that's my passion. And that's how the idea of the Nanny and Babysitting Agency came about. Well, you're clearly passionate about children because your your, your child has grown up. She's been to uni. She's gotten married, you know, and then you stopped fostering. But still, you wanted to do something at at a time when a lot of people are thinking, ah, right. okay, let me focus on me. And you've (laughs) since remarried as well. So at a time when you could be just focusing on you and hubby, you thought, right, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to, you know, reignite that flame, that passion of mine. And it's going to be around childcare. Yes, but I see it slightly differently now um, because I'm now arranging the childcare. I'm not actually doing it. So I've done many, many years of wiping noses and changing nappies and the school run. Um, So it's different now, arranging the childcare, and I'm absolutely loving it. When you enjoy what you do, you'll go the extra mile. Nothing is too much trouble. What I love about it is I'm learning new things all the time, especially when it comes to social media. Anything to do with technology. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you manage and you can, always, you can always ask people for help as well. 
Okay. Now give me an idea of the size of your business now. Like how many people have you taken on? How many clients? That sort of thing. We have a core of about about 20 nannies and babysitters. Because we cover Milton Keynes and all the surrounding areas. We're branching out a bit because we're getting inquiries from other counties, Northampton, Bedfordshire, and all the way down to South Bucks. Yeah, we do temporary bookings um, and, and permanent, permanent as well. But we're very flexible. We tailor all the childcare to suit what the family needs. On your website, there's um, a quote <laughs> that you've got from Agatha Christie, and I absolutely yeah. love it. So it says, one of the luckiest things that can happen to you in life is, I think, to have a happy childhood. I love that quote. <laughs> yes, me, me too. That's why I put it on um, my page. And I think and it is, it's so important. And I think fostering has made me realise that as well. My childhood was very painful, but the love that I had from my family was incredible. And that made me feel invincible. It just created this bubble around me so that no matter what was happening, you know, outside of the family, I was actually able to cope. And it wasn't until later on, you know, I got older and I looked back and I realized that love, you know, that happy childhood in terms of my family unit really cleared the pathway for my later success. And that seed was sown then. So I wonder, do you have a a similar story? Is there something maybe in your childhood? I am very fortunate to have had a great childhood. Good parents. My parents were strict, but they loved us to bits and we didn't have a lot. But at the same time, we never went without. And I just have happy, good memories, good relationships with all my siblings. Your childhood is what you base your adult life on, definitely. Yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. And then do you find that the experiences that you had with the fostering, you just sort of alluded to it there, that kind of gave you this other perspective because you've had a happy childhood. The difference with fostering and adoption is with the fostering, the children, they're still in contact with their parents or is that, is that correct? Or they go back to their parents? Quite often. Um, the role of a foster carer is quite difficult because you're only there to look after a child for a certain point in their life when they're in need. Uh, you obviously have no say in what's happened to them beforehand and then social services decide their plan. Um, so you're just there for a small time in their life. And for me, I just wanted to do the very best I could and spoil them a little bit, yes, for the time that they were with living with me. That's beautiful. Having the connection via social services or just through seeing your children's experiences, it gave you insight into what their life was like beforehand. I'm sure you'd have got the case studies. You know, Correct, yes. And, and, and then what their life was, you know, continuing whenever they were you know, away from you, going back to the parents or whatever. And then is that kind of really solidified that desire in you to make sure that all children that come into your care under the umbrella of your new organisation have as happy a childhood as possible? Definitely. That's, that's your job. But that's your job. I'm not going to say that I wasn't upset or that I agreed with everything, but that was what I was called upon to do. That takes a massive heart for me to stay silent when I know that a child that I'm looking after is then going back to an environment, to a parent who's you know, creating upset in their life. I think with you, you're very disciplined. I'm probably not so disciplined in that field. It takes a lot of strength of character for you to respect that because that is their parent. They do have parents. You're not the parent. Correct. And occasionally you're reminded that you're not their parent. You're not trying to be their parent. And whatever circumstances have brought them into foster care, they still always love their parents. 
So you think fostering is amazing. I think that people that adopt are amazing. Absolutely amazing. I take my hat off to anybody. I commend them to take on a child completely as if it were their own and take care of them. I think it's, I think it's fabulous. I absolutely do. It's really interesting speaking to people and just seeing a different side because I think it's easier because then the child is yours and you just raise the child as your own. But for a foster carer, you have children coming in and out of your life. You have no idea how long they'll be with you, a day, a week, a year. And you're reminded constantly you're not the parent, but they're in your life and they're affecting your whole life and you base your whole life around them. For me, it's difficult to see how you can't see how much more difficult that is. And you did it for 20-something years. About 20 years, yeah. Yes, honestly. They're both amazing sets of people. What I found really interesting with these Coffee Break conversations is that when I'm talking to these people, like yourself, about their story, they're just very humble. Maybe that's part of the magic. I think so. Yeah, just something that comes naturally to you of the heart and you don't see it as any any big deal. (laughs) No. No. That's nice. I mean, how was your business impacted by the lockdown period? At first, for the first probably three months, it was very, very quiet indeed. We didn't have any new bookings. Um, existing nannies that I'd placed, they continued with their, with their families, but there was no new business. And everybody was at home. All the parents were at home and it was a novelty and everyone was having <laughs> quality family time together. And then slowly, slowly, after about... <laughs> About three months. Um, and then Boris lifted the regulations a little bit. And I think the novelty started to wear off for some people. And then families started reaching out for help. So then the bookings started to increase and they've continued to do so. We're getting back on track now. More and more, we're getting requests from families whose children are on the spectrum seeing that a lot so I think we're going to incorporate that a bit more as well make sure that I've got nannies that have special educational needs experience so we can help even more families oh wow and you think that's come out of the events of this year maybe that being at home with those children or it's just coincidental I think it's coincidental it's difficult for me to put my finger on the exact reason but I'm just finding that's being requested more and more and we always want to help. So that's what we're going to try and do. Right. Now, the reason I ask, I have a personal connection with what you're saying. My sister yeah. is, is autistic. Lockdown presented an opportunity for her to come and live with my husband and I that she didn't have before. Yeah, she never, ever would be able to come and stay. If I was working full time, going into town, no. not possible. So she stayed with us for a month and she really turned a corner in lots of oh, ways because yeah. there were lots of new experiences for her. From her own lips, she said next time she wants to come back and next time she'd like to stay longer. She's never, ever <laughs> expressed an, an interest in coming to see any of us. She oh, that's lovely. It's lovely. And so the conversations that were had as a result of that um, with my parents and with my husband is that we now have space for her in our home and she's welcome anytime to stay for as long as she wants. Her husband said, okay, that's great. My work I can do from home two days a week he still goes into the offices he said but once you're back out at work you know Priscilla that's her name will she be okay at home on her own so I said no I don't want her at home on her own and I thought about what local services who could I engage how could I vet them and get the right sort of person to come in and ensure that she's still getting that stimulation 
when I'm at work and he's at work. Hence my question. I wonder if the events of this year led to more and more people putting their feelers out to get that better quality of life. It could well, it could well be. You had been in Milton Keynes for how long before the business opened? Uh, two years. How did you plug into the community? I'd had enough of busy London life and my husband is from Milton Keynes, uh, met in London, but he wanted to leave um, after many years. So Milton Keynes was the obvious choice for us. No, I was so excited to be leaving London, having lived there all of my life. (laughs) So it doesn't matter where I went to live, I I was just over the moon. Everything was just exciting and it was just lovely. It's lovely being somewhere new. Uh, I embraced it and I love it here. I love Milton Keynes. London friends laughed at me and said, you don't know anybody in Milton Keynes. Uh, but that, that soon changed. I started networking, which I've never done before. And that has been amazing for me. Absolutely amazing. I've met so many wonderful people, uh, made new friends, and also got to a lot of referral business from, from networking. When you talk about moving areas, some of, the, some of the things that allow you to plug into a new area, if you don't have those things, you can get a little bit apprehensive. For instance, if you have children and you move to a new city, a new you know, country, whatever, you probably plug in straight through the school set because you're, the play dates and that connection. So if you don't have that, then that's a bit of a challenge. If you have a cute dog or something like that, you know what I mean? You go for, you go for walks. Oh, you'd be surprised. I see it all the time. You know, you're going you're gonna to plug straight into the dog loving community. But if you don't have any of that and your friends and family are not in that area, how does one network? How did you go about doing that? Or was it the business? Was it the opening of the business that led to the networking? Correct. Started up the business and then found all different networking groups in and around Milton Keynes. Yeah, so business first, then the networking. You always immaculately turned out. So what are your sort of top tips for people in terms of just keeping themselves feeling and looking good? I love what I do, but I can't work seven days a week. I still have to have some time for self-care, as it's now called. I mean, I'm busy with, busy with work, but not brushed off my feet, so I can't do anything for myself. I think that's why I'm, I'm happy. Eat well, sleep well. I try to exercise. I try more than I actually do. <laughs> I like that. Um, and I think like a lot of people during lockdown, um, when everything was just Zoom or just being at home, um, it wasn't a full makeup every day and, and work clothes. I made the effort definitely for Zoom. But as it dragged on, I thought, no, I need to feel like I'm going out to work. And um, my husband did laugh at me when I had heels on indoors. And he, he would say, where are you going? <laughs> I said, I just need to feel businesslike. Enough tracksuit bottoms. I need to feel businesslike. So here we, here we are. If people want to find out more about your business, we've mentioned that you were based around the Milton Keynes area, but you've talked about expanding, you're doing this around. So you're coming all the way down to South Buckinghamshire, so just at north of London, and all the way up to Northamptonshire as well. Now, my husband and I have been discussing this, and we could actually place a nanny anywhere. Uh, We've had a request from a lady in Manchester, and we did actually find her a nanny. I had um, two or three candidates lined up. I was going to go up there and interview, meet the family, because I thought there's no reason why I can't. And then um, Manchester got into trouble again and went into lockdown. So that's been put on the back burner. So you've got your website. You've got we the social it. media tags as well. The main ones are Facebook and Instagram. Yes. And I'm personally on LinkedIn. 
Well, look, Samay, I really commend you on your business. And I hope that um, in terms of the um, children on the spectrum, I hope that is something that you do pursue. And please do drop me a line if that does happen. Yes, definitely. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. much. You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood. Ask me any lifestyle related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. Mm -hmm.